welcome to the first ever Cover Band Confidential podcast. This is going to be a resource for musicians and band leaders to uh, learn some stuff for some other guys who are doing some stuff and uh, hopefully helping you guys along. Uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia, my name is Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. So let's dive right into this. Um, what are we doing? What's the purpose? What, what, what got us to this point? To um, um, share our experiences in, in cover bands and um, cover bands that um, have experienced some things that are working and some things that aren't, uh, and to contribute to the community. You know, um, Adam and I have talked about this. We're, you, know, we, you and I are both fans of the two podcasts that are already in this space. I, I listen to them every week. It's uh, one of the highlights of my week when they come out, and I'm sad when I've got them listened to. Um, but I do think there's room for a third podcast in space, and, and we've talked a little about what might make this one different. So yeah, like, like Dan said, um, we just have, you know, we, we got in touch. Well, I'll start at the very beginning. A little while ago, I created a subreddit called Bar Bands that I then took over uh, admin for uh, the cover band subreddit and started creating my own content uh, via a blog. And Dan was one of the first guys to reach out and say, hey, that's pretty cool. You mind if I help? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Dan wrote a really great article about pay for uh, for that blog, and it got a lot of good traction. And um, once we got into the cover band central group, uh, it seemed like we kept popping up in the same posts and talking about the same things and kind of had the same mindset. So when I started toying with the idea of a podcast, uh, I reached out to Dan and Dan was like, yep, we can do that. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. So Dan, why don't you go ahead and tell the... Uh, this fictitious audience, who you are, and uh, what you uh, what you think we you specifically can bring to this uh, to this discussion and this subject. Sure, sure. Um, so I um, to know who I am musically, you got to go back actually two generations. My family has uh, printed sheet music of a song that my great great grandfather wrote and performed with a brass band that he fronted um, in the late eighteen hundreds. Um, wow. And my family has been musical like ever since then. Um, I started taking piano when I was five. I started guitar when I was 12. I played trumpet and brass baritone in high school. Uh, I actually started my high school's very first student organized garage band. Um, we were terrible. Um, <laughs> moments of moments of greatness. Uh, of I actually have some recordings from then. Yeah, we were doing that thing, you know, between every song. Was, Thank you so much. And now we'd like to do a little song. Oh, boy, boy. Anyway, came out of uh, um, high school. And in high school, I really was the music guy. I, I, I composed some music for a dance concert. I was in choir and band and the school's jet. Uh, high school choir. We did everything. I, I, <laughs> my range is enough that you can stick me in the bass section or the tenor section. So I was very useful to my choir teacher. Um, and, and I can, I can lead a section. Uh, my family sang, it's a part of being a musical family. We sang four part harmony in the car to pass time on road trips. So like harmonies in my blood, I'm just, you know, singing is, is, um, just, I've always been a singer. And then, I graduated high school and I went to a school called St. Olaf College, which is in Northfield, Minnesota, and is a top 10 in the country music school, uh, particularly focusing on choral 
music. The St. Olaf Choir, the college choir, is world-renowned. Actually, tours Norway every year because that's where St. Olaf was. It's a okay. Lutheran, Lutheran college. And I went there and got weeded out by a very aggressive freshman weed-out program. <laughs> I kind of told myself, well, I don't need... You know, I, I had planned it to be a music theory composition major and have a career in film and television and video game music. That was kind of my picture for myself. And and when I confronted this very impersonal and competitive music department, I just kind of told myself, you know, I don't need that. I can just play guitar and be happy and that's fine. And I was an English major and that really was all fine. But somewhere in the back of my head, in the back of my heart, I knew I wasn't really putting out into the world what I wanted to be. And... um Still played guitar casually, took jazz piano for a couple of years, um, kept music. You know, I would never identify as a musician, even if I wasn't actively engaged in some music. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to join a band, my first band as a grown-up. And it was a strictly classic rock band, bunch of good guys. And in the end, after a couple of years of playing with them, which I learned a ton, uh, I wanted to experience, express some new, different material, something other than classic rock. And uh, I started the band that I'm in right now, which is called the Clanky Lincolns. The Clanky Lincolns. I came up with that name. By the way, standing outside the Hall of Presidents at Disney. My wife said, you want to go see the Hall? Because I said, I don't need to see any clanky Lincolns. And then it struck me. And I, uh, you know, there you go. And we do, you know, I say we're a, we're a rock funk dance party band. We cover everything from like Maybelline to Feel It Still. And we're a four-piece, uh, two guitars, uh, two frontmen. I have a co-frontman, Justin, who also plays guitar and sings. Uh, my drummer, Tony, is a um, Grammy-recognized artist. And what that means is he played on an album that made the first cut for Grammy nomination. Okay. And he is a beast. He's amazing. He may be the best musician of the four of us. Justin's been in bands a long time, done a lot of experience at the front of rooms, and he's this charismatic, kind of zany guy. Our whole, The whole feel of our band is very high energy, very interactive with the crowd. We both play guitar wireless and have wireless mics. And we spent a good part of the show out in the crowd, um, playing with people and dancing and having him sing on the mic with us and that kind of thing. Uh, and then our bassist, Scott, um, he has done some, he had done some sit in work, some fill in work, but he'd never been a band member before. He'd been kind of a basement bassist. Um, but <laughs> at his audition, <laughs> he got the job when I said, Hey, uh, we're doing, um, Lovely day, Bill Withers. And he said, oh, yeah. Ba-doom, 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 and like whipped out the, the recording intro, the bass intro of that tune. It was like, all right, you're our bassist. Uh, and he's just rock solid and so into it. And, and, and part of what's great about our band is how much fun we're all having and how much we love hanging out with each other and making music together. And mm-hmm. so we've been together. Our first gig was June of last year. So it's been about nine months as of this recording. And um, things are picking up. We're really getting a lot of momentum out there and a lot of steam and um, just having a great time. And there's a ton, a ton I've learned from being a band leader for nine months. I, um, and, I, and I should say, <laughs> when my band hears this, they may be surprised to hear me call myself the leader. We haven't ever really had that conversation. Um, to the degree that I am officially the band leader, I'm very much a benevolent dictator. And um, and all four of the guys express leadership and take charge of things. And um, we're kind of a group of leaders. That said, I am the main one doing booking. I do own the PA. Um, I am handling all of our marketing and online presence, all of our design. Um, so a lot of the band leader kind of stuff I've been in charge of. Yeah. Um, but nobody like blessed me as officially the band leader that, that – um, uh, we fell into those roles and, and I'm happy to be. That's it. It's okay. 
Gotcha. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of where, where we've been. And, and um, <laughs> been through some ups and downs, even just in the short life of this band, and certainly in the band before that, that I can share with listeners. And um, um, Anyway, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to both uh, contributing and learning uh, through the process of, of making this podcast. Awesome. Dan Ray, ladies and gentlemen. I have it. Dan Ray. <laughs> Ooh, sound effect. Yeah, we, we can do that. All right. That's that's the one button I have actually. <laughs> Wait, no, I have, I have one more. That's nice. horrible. Nice. Well, I'll give you opportunity for that one later. You can come up with something. <laughs> Let's. I hope that there are not any jokes bad enough to necessitate a uh, a rim shot. Oh, hang out with me, buddy. We'll see. Oh man. Well, we're both, <laughs> we're both dads, so there. Uh, it's true. There could be a dad joke component to this podcast. The dad joke will be strong with us. So I don't have to go back to the 1800s to start my story. Um, luckily, I was just a kid that just really dug music uh, from an early age. Um, I liked listening and, you know, I'd crank, you know, crank the boombox up in the garage and sing along. And uh, even from like very, very young, music was something that just kind of resonated with me. Didn't come from a musical family per se, but it's, it's funny as my parents have gone through their, uh, you know, their parenting phase and are into their grandparent phase. My dad actually sings uh, a lot in, uh, in the church choir. And that's where I got my start. I kept getting picked to do solos and I hated, I hated being in the center of attention because I was embarrassed about my voice being so high, um, which is hilarious, uh, considering the line of work that I do now, <laughs> but I, I started doing, uh, performance, uh, like join chorus and, um, and band in middle school. Uh, and then in high school, uh, went into, into our chorus. And the reason why I was asking what kind of chorus you were in is that I was in show yeah. choir. Ah. So we were doing, you know, red sequin vests and bow ties and singing jazzy hits of Love the, of uh, the twenties and thirties. Um, and it's also, yeah, I'd started playing guitar at the age of 10 and started playing in bands relatively early. I was probably 14 or 15 when I, so I started this band in my church and, um, we were writing our own songs and playing a lot of collective soul. Um, and kind of, that was my first foray into being a front man. I was also the lead guitarist of that band, which never really pegged myself as a, as a lead guitar player. And then in, uh, in, college well actually in 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 high school we did jazz stuff and choral masterworks and got to my european choir tour was uh, through italy and got to do some you know we got to play at the vatican and that kind of stuff um singing ave maria at the vatican you can check that off the list nice. college i went to middle tennessee state university and majored in music business uh and played in diy punk bands uh all through the nashville area and um, came up with some really talented b bands and kind of learned that DIY ethic um, because having a, a record deal in uh, in the early 2000s was a uh, was a bad thing until guys like the Features and uh, and the Pink Spiders got signed and then we were all jealous of them. <laughs> and then um, out of college, I moved back to Atlanta and uh, joined an original group, uh, female friend of group called Helios that later became Stellet and. We played, um, we played a lot. We put out some records, did some, some big stuff. We, we were about, we got as close as you could get to getting a record deal without getting a record deal. Um, did warp tour and opened up for national acts and, you know, got some 
television stuff and did that whole thing. And it kind of, uh, it fizzled out as we all got married and started having children and, you know, the band just kind of fizzled and kind of, I kind of floated around for a little bit until, um, I started thinking about cover bands because it was something I wasn't really interested in. Um, because that's, you know, that was what the guys who gave, who, who have given up their dreams were doing until I realized I can make money doing it. And I played in a couple of groups and things were going okay. And then I ran into a buddy of mine who played guitar in a band called Yacht Rock Review, um, who are a pretty prominent group in, uh, in the Atlanta area. And I asked them if they were looking for vocalists and I, uh, I went in and I auditioned for them and I became a sub vocalist for Yacht Rock Review and one of their, uh, satellite groups. They actually had, they had to create a second band to keep up with demand. So, um, I also sang in Yacht Rock Schooner around that time. Um, I answered a Craigslist ad to join an eighties band and I will not name that eighties band because I, I'm no longer affiliated with it. And I think they're still out there somehow. Um, but the man, so the, uh, you know, a manager put us together and we started playing out and a couple of the guys, we really clicked, but the management really didn't hold up their end of the deal. So we had a talk and decided that we wanted to do our own thing. Um, so we, you know, wrote the manager said, Hey, thanks for the opportunity, but, um, I think we're going to do this on our own. You can keep the name and we're going to start our own thing. And, uh, that thing was called members only. And, uh, that was about three or four years ago and we've been at it ever since. Um, some additions have been made. I, I added my wife to the band. Um, so we also have co-lead singers, uh, male and female. So it gives us a lot more, uh, ground to cover. And, um, we're kind of in the same boat as, uh, as the clanky Lincolns We're you know, we're playing a lot and we're getting good traction and picking up some, uh, some cool events and, and, and doing pretty well. So, yeah. How often do you play? Um, we are in the kind of two to four gigs a month range. Um, we're, we're pretty happy there. This is one of the odd months where we're kind of light and I'm actually, I'm going to be doing some fill in work just to kind of keep, uh, keep my chops up and stay busy. But yeah, two to two to four is our sweet spot. Yeah. Us too. We shoot for two, two, three, something like that. Um, it's funny. The beginning of this month has been very light for us, but then we have a uh, frat party, our first frat party oh, man. on March 22nd. So that'll be fun <clears throat> in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So those guys know how to party is my understanding. Bring tarps. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we booked this and then I immediately went out and researched uh, gear insurance. So yeah. <laughs> my stuff is now covered uh, and will be literally covered with tarps. That's a good idea. Um, yes. Yeah, so you guys call Music Pro if you haven't already. Insure your gear. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good deal. Cool. And for you, you said an interesting thing there. Um, you said that your choice to do covers was based on that you could get paid for them. Yeah. So initially, um, I, I can I grew up in an era where, uh, musicians could still be millionaires. Um, I don't think this uh, generation coming up is going to feel that way. It's, there's going to be a lot more, uh, blue collar rock stars, um, in the next 20 years. Um, but yeah, it, and and I kind of got spoiled because the the groups that I was playing with, uh, specifically Yacht Rock and Yacht Rock Schooner, were making very good money. Um, so I started gigging, and I was making you know significant p- 
pay. Whereas with the original group, we had basically decided that whatever we made was going to go back into the band. And we were able to, you know, kind of make ourselves look a lot bigger than we were because we were funding, we were, we were self-funded more or less. So money that other people would have been getting for, you know, cool promos and backline and that kind of stuff we were paying for ourselves. Um, so we, we were kind of, you know, under the radar. Um, but I, I really had nothing to show for it. Right. I recently come to the, um, the conclusion that I'm a, I'm a cover band artist. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I've done originals. The band I started in high school were about half originals and they were wretched, but they were originals. And the band that I was in before the Lincolns did about average night, maybe a quarter of their set was originals. And the band leader of that was a songwriter. I still, still is. They're still around. They're called, um, disaster recovery band and they're worth checking out. They're fun. Um, still good friends with those guys. I've just come to come understand that I like covers, I like covers. And, um, I'm not in that position that you guys are in of, you know, the multi-thousand dollar party gig. Um, we're, we're a bar band. Uh, fundamentally we're a bar band, you know, and bar pay hasn't changed in 30 years. You know, we're all shooting for a hundred bucks a head. Um, the reason that I do music, the reason I perform, and it's not just music. I mean, I've done theater. I've done all, all sorts of performance oriented things in my life. The thing about it that calls to me is that moment when everything disappears except performance. That moment when my ego is gone and my judgment of myself is gone and my judgment of anything is gone. And all there is, is the groove the band is in and the exchange of energy with the audience. And, um, I find that if I'm playing stuff, the audience already knows I'm well down that path by my, you know, by the fourth or fifth bar of it versus originals. I kind of have to get them on my side. Yeah. And, and, um, I just find covers are a much faster way into that deep connected with the audience space. That really is the, for me, the point of doing the whole thing. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know, who knows uh, other opportunities may come, come along for me to participate with somebody who's all about originals. And I, if the opportunity is right, I'd do it. But right now in my life, I like covers. Yeah. I mean, it, the, uh, the, the thing that, that we've been really blessed with is that I've, I've, I've been able to, to source, um, really talented musicians. So, um, I've been able to create market and perform in a product that is very professional, but requires very little maintenance. Mm. Um, which is one of those things about being an original band. There's, there's the rehearsal component and the songwriting component and the demoing component. There's just so much more involved. Whereas, like we said earlier, you know, we're both, uh, we're both married with, with kids and, um, there's just more right. obligations and, and less time. Um, I'm lucky yeah. if I can get to the gym in a day, let alone, you know, try and write my thoughts out. And, you know, it's, it's just, you know, sometimes you got to grow up and, and, <laughs> and, uh, and take care of business. And, and this has been a way that I've been able to do this. Well, it certainly is true. The overhead is a lot lower with covers. You know, if you surround yourself with professionals who show up to rehearsal with their parts worked out and ready to do what rehearsal is for, which, you know, as, as we brainstorm topics, um, <laughs> this is one of them, what, what rehearsal is, uh, no, but that takes, that takes so much less time in the rehearsal room compared to the work I've done with originals before, which is, yeah, just, it's a lot, it's a lot more. It's yeah. certainly true. You can get from, you can get from shaking hands with a new player to on stage with them a whole lot faster. If they're kind of playing standards. Well, yeah, the, this eight, the eighties bands, uh, Genesis, we, we literally met each other on stage 
the night of our first gig nice. and we killed it. Yeah, it's great. It was just, we all had the material and we knew what we had to do. And it was like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? I actually, I rode up with the, uh, with the bass player and luckily he was a chill dude. Cause we had a two and a half hour drive to, uh, actually it was up to right. South Carolina. Um, I'm trying to think it, it was, uh, it was right on, it, right on the other side of Seneca. Um, it was a wild wing. And, um, yeah, that, that gig went great and we played Greenville and we, we played Asheville. We went all over that area, but, uh, we were doing it for, uh, for not a lot of money. And, uh, <laughs> and the, uh, things just started falling apart yeah. from the, the booking side. So cool. 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 Very cool. So introductions all aside, why don't we, so here's where we're at. We, we sat the other day. And by sat, I mean, we, Dan opened up a Google doc and we started typing back and forth. <laughs> um, Dan and I've never met. We, we live, you know, about six hours apart. Yeah. Roughly. Maybe not that far. I'm trying to think it's maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from here, Greensboro's yeah. Atlanta's five and a half, six hours. Yeah. That's about right. So what we're, uh, we, we've got a, a nice little lesson. What maybe we can get some people to, uh, to help us decide what the next, uh, what the next episode is going to be about. Sounds good. So, um, do you want to read the, uh, read the topics that we talked about? Sure. The first one is cover band stigma, which we kind of like, touched on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then should you own a PA and maybe a whole conversation about gear, PA and amps and lights and all the stuff that you got to tote to, uh, to put on your yeah. show. Yeah, be a self-sufficient entity. Yeah. There's a question of whether you should be faithful to the recording or make it your own. There's a, a lot of discussion to be had there. I'll start this one because uh, it's near and dear to my heart. What kind of uh, what kind of stage sound are you going for? Do you uh, do you need do you want amps on stage? No amps. You want electronic drums, acoustic drums? Uh, or will you be using in-ear monitors? Um, are you going to be playing to tracks? Those are all kind of lumped together. They all probably deserve their own discussion, yeah, but. Uh, yeah. That's definitely one of those. Those are those are some touchy subjects for some of our uh, our brethren out there. It's true. What it takes to start a band is um, <laughs> that may be kind of a through line, you know, through a lot of a lot of our conversations of these topics, and then a whole conversation, uh, and maybe many, about branding and marketing. Um, what I do in my day job is um, uh, irrelevant and boring, but I do it at a marketing agency where I've been dipped pretty deeply in the, the branding Kool-Aid. So um, I, I'm proud to say that the Lincolns are probably the best branded band in our market. I would agree. Yeah. Um, we've, we've really, uh, <laughs> and I say wait, I, I've worked really hard on that. So I have a lot, of, a lot I can share about that. So other topics, how do you make money? You know, um, we've definitely chimed in on discussions uh, on some of the other forums about you know, what, a what a working wage should be and how you need to, uh, value yourself and your product, and, you know, making it work. Um, as well as things like breaking into, you know, how do you get gigs at bars when you're just starting out? Or if you've been playing in bars, how do you break into the private events arena? How do you network with other musicians to get, you know, guys who can play? Um, one of the things that we've had to do because we're kind of a, a corporate group and um, the train just keeps rolling is that we've had to not only attract and retain talented players, but we've also had to 
uh, acquire and retain talented subs hmm. uh, to keep keep the the train rolling. So that's that's definitely something that I have learned a couple of hard lessons about. Yeah. Yes, we discussed the topic of building or joining, if there already is one, a local scene, how to make friends out there in a way that <laughs> contributes to something bigger than you and also hopefully feeds you back value. We talked about uh, practice. I mentioned this before, Pre- preparing songs, what it takes to, to bring a song from, oh man, we should cover that, to actually ready for it to go on stage. And uh, also talking about pl- being in the customer service industry, which most guys may not agree with. Um, But the fact of the matter is, is that if you're, uh, if you're playing covers, you are, you are basically in the customer service industry and with customer service comes best practices um, because there's going to be situations that you are going to be in that you may not want to be in uh, dealing with, um, hopefully you have this problem, but dealing with super fans, people who, uh, who come to every show and kind of feel a sense of ownership and how to, um, you know, encourage them to continue supporting you without driving you crazy. Uh, how to deal with drunk people, how to keep people off your stage, how to deal with, uh, requests or sound issues while you're in the middle of something. Um, there's all kinds of, uh, scenarios that we can definitely talk to. And on a related note, the next topic is worst gig horror stories. So maybe one of those things got out from under you and, uh, you had to learn a couple of lessons. Um, if you have um, if you have a bad story, um, we might want to get a submission from you. Um, I it's a <laughs> confidential cover band at gmail dot com. Uh, you can send us your submissions for worst gigs of your life. Uh, doesn't have to be cover gigs; can be original gigs, open mics, whatever uh, whatever floats your boat. Uh, on the flip side, what about best gig stories? Greatest night of your life. Uh, I feel like everybody, if they've been in this uh, business long enough, has at least one or two of those. Um, and what what can you learn from from when stuff goes right? <laughs> Although, boy, it just feels like a miracle landed on your head, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> I've got mine, and I, I've got the whole thing on video. Oh, excellent. Very good. Yeah. We talked about how to break into new markets, like new territory. You know, if you're, if you're a bar band and you kind of have your local venues saturated, or if there's some... Um, in my scene here in Green, it's kind of clicky. There are a few different sort of sub scenes, and so how to break into that? How to how to feel your way through all that is one topic we might do, um, and then one that is actually the topic that brought us together. <laughs> the topic I wrote about for Coverband Confidential Blog: play Should you ever play for free? free? Here's short answer to that: You should not. No, we'll talk about why you should <laughs> not. <laughs> get there. <laughs> and then the, the comment I wrote next to that on our Google Docs, we were in is how to, how to prepare and serve exposure for your tent. Cause it's uh you know, you can eat exposure. I don't know if you're aware. Yes. Fine dining. How to prepare and serve exposure. I would say, you know, on the side. Yes. Dish best served cold. Yes. And, and not often. Right. <laughs> uh, moving on how to be uh, original, stand out from your competition how to not be just another one of those bands slugging it out on top of that, you know, it kind of ties in, but how to perform, what's your stage presence? What does your uh, presentation look like? How can you, uh, how can you wrap your, your band in a bow and and sell it to people uh, easily and, uh, and professionally. Then there's how to read a room, how to know about the vibe of a room, the energy of a room, what song the room wants to hear, how to shape the energy of a night and a set a real skill there that um, I am hard at work learning myself right now. I'm actually really 
putting myself through some paces about learning that right now. So I'm excited to share with you what I've learned so far. <laughs> are, are you guys a, a set list band or are you shoot from the hip kind of group? We're a set list band with the freedom to shoot, you know, call audibles as needed. Um, and there have been a couple of times the audible call has been just a bullseye, just a, just a smoking bullseye. And there have been some times it has not been. <laughs> uh, We've all been there. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot, um, there's a lot that we're learning about that. Some rooms, you know, uh, no matter what you do, it's going to go fantastic. In other rooms, no matter what you do, it's going to not. And, uh, how to cope with that and how to shift the energy and how to, um, rework maybe even what you think of your band as on the fly, given, given what's in front of you. It's a big topic. It's yeah. a big topic. It's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. This is one that I, I came up with. It's uh, who is your audience versus who is your customer? It's a bit of a tricky question, but the, uh, the answer, the answer is technically they're both the same thing, but there's still some things to consider in that, uh, in that, uh, in that equation. And again, it kind of boils back down to that, you know, you're in the customer service industry. Uh, you're basically making hamburgers for people's ears, uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> I like that. We should, that's, that's, yeah, we'll make a, we'll make a t-shirt out of that. I love it. And then, you know, we said, um, this kind of goes with the one I just said a minute ago, but if you are a sticking to the setless band or starting oh, from a setless we're, band. We're militant. Are you? Okay. Rigid, rigid set list. Things get cut, but we don't typically move stuff around. All right. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to talk about the, uh, the way you shape a set list and how you build and flow the energy through a set list. It's a whole discipline, a whole black magic. You know. And then kind of tying in with marketing and branding, how do you design your stage, uh, banners, backdrops, um, uh, lighting show, if that's your thing. And it's, that is a bit of a spillover from branding. It's all kind of related. Um, and then uh, a couple of other ones that are for the, maybe for the next tier up, uh, contracts and writers, you know, you got to make sure you get things in writing. And once you get to a certain level, you got to make sure that you're taken care of. And, uh, you know, you got to make sure that the brown M&Ms are taken out and <laughs> that your, your temperature, the you know, your water is room temperature and all the important things that, uh, that have to happen in order for you to be able to give the best show that you can give. And um, just a general topic that I feel like Dan and I kind of feel pretty similar on is band leadership, how to run a band and how, if you're trying to run a band like a business or you're trying to run a band just as a, you know, as a group of friends and how to navigate those things. I've been on, on both sides and I think it's important that, um, it, you know, these, these kinds of things can get really tricky as far as partnerships and perceived partnerships. It's important to kind of everybody know their role and to just let people know where they stand and, and how to make decisions that, you know, for the greater good. Yep. And that's it. So, uh, if you hear a topic that sounds interesting to you, send your submissions to confidential cover band at gmail.com. And that's it. That's it. We managed to uh, to get all of the formalities out of the way in just under forty minutes. I think we. Yep. Think, I think we've said we're going to shoot for an hour, but I, I think we're agreed that if we, you know, fully cover a topic, we're not going to be fluffing it out to an hour, right? We're just going to. Yeah, no, that nobody wants yeah. that. I yeah. listen to uh, podcasts at a at a at one one and a quarter speed to get through uh -huh. them anyway. So right. Uh, the shorter, you know, as long as, as long as good, there's good content, there's no need to stretch it out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, this has been great. 
thank you all for listening and we will reconvene at a date to be determined. From Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Wright. And this has been the first episode of the Cover Band Confidential Podcast. Thank you.